How's it going, brother? Hey, brother Evan. How you doing, man? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Yes. Last couple of days have been whew, crazy. Slam for work. Wow. Been taking in this driving. Yeah, Terrica, she's been livid mm. <laughs> about it. She's like, yeah, she's just like, I don't want you so stressed out. <laughs> mm. It's like, something happened to you. The only thing they're going to say is, sorry for you <laughs> and keep it going. I say, yeah, I know. Just going to continue to keep on trusting in God. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I've been kind of busy. Um, actually, yeah, the last couple of weeks, the couple last couple of weeks have been really busy. And like I told you before, the, the driving. Yeah, yeah. To uh, school every day and just it's uh, like. Man, I find myself in the middle. I was telling um, Ron on the call last week how like I I missed the call because I fell asleep. Like I just it's like between waking up early and then driving, mm-hmm. I just be worn out, man. <laughs> I just be worn <laughs> out. <laughs> so um, I'm trying to trying to deal with that because like I. I was sleepy before, you know, before I got on, before we got on today. I'm just like, man, I got to find a way to, I, I think my body is adjusting to it, but it's that process, you know. You probably may not kick in probably until, um, what is it, when when time goes back? Yeah, that's what, I, yeah, the uh, daylight savings time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely feel it, you know, but I, I, I guess I'm just fighting through it right now, man. But um, yeah, it's just it's a lot going on, a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, Terrica was sitting back over the weekend. What was she? Football. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. I intentionally tried not to watch the game. <laughs> 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 Cause I was like, I already know. They're gonna win. I mean, they're gonna lose. So I had my mind like, okay, let me just see what Jackson State's gonna do with Dion. Mm-hmm. I said I'll probably check that out later on during the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then my homeboy back home hits me up. He's like, "Are you watching the game?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Nope." <laughs> I don't want no high blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah. FSU sucks right now. <laughs> And Wake Forest actually is um, actually pretty good. They're pretty decent. Like, I mean, then they're like, I don't think they're, uh, um, I don't think they're ranked, but I think they, you know, over the past, they've been they've been decent over the last couple. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew. I already knew. Like, yeah, they're not gonna be. Then they're going up to North Carolina. I was like, yeah, they're not gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, it, it, it's sad because it's like, man. The kids now they don't have they don't have that drive to want to get out and and compete, yeah, like that. And it's because of the leadership. Yeah, it's the leadership, which is which is telling. 
Which lets me know on a spiritual note why it's so important <laughs> to fall under proper leadership. That's why when you when looking at like how the disciples acted, mm-hmm. they had every reason to do what they did in the book of Acts. Yeah. Every reason because they had good leadership, mm-hmm. something to follow. Yeah, well, what Jesus had did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even in this chapter, just when I look at like thinking about what Acts with Stephen, mm-hmm. but what he did, yeah, and just looking how Jesus was in this chapter with 15, with dealing with the tax collectors, not, um, not just the tax collectors, but the Pharisees, mm-hmm. the leaders, how he still exemplified love to them, but also a calling for them to repent. So it's like, it makes sense for Stephen to do what he did when he's sitting back trying to teach them the word and the only thing they want to do is stone a brother. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned about that um, uh, falling under good leadership. Um, I think I mentioned to you before, I'm taking this class called Spiritual Authority. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what it's about. It's about um, how you fall under spiritual authority to someone who has been, you know, appointed as a delegate of authority. And Mm -hmm. then also how, if you are one that is a delegate of authority, how you carry out that role God's way. So basically it's like a, it's, it's a, it's, it's kind of talking about that leadership, right? And, you know, how sometimes people and particularly in church environments, people can abuse that authority, right? Mm -hmm. um, Get caught up in a way where they're, 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 they think they're um, carrying out their role in a godly way, but it's, it's really run by their flesh. And so we talked about yesterday, how you can fall into rebellion very real easily. As soon as you start thinking, about yourself, right? As soon as you start thinking about, you know, how you can do it and you relinquish that role um, or you take it from the Holy Spirit and you try to do it on your own and you, that's technically rebellion. That's technically sin. You were appointed either, um, you know, hired into the role or, you know, just a delegate of someone who had an anointing on them, and then you abuse that role and try to run it like within your own self. Mm-hmm. Is is rebellion? That is rebellion. That's exactly what Satan did. And so, we were talking about that yesterday. And you're absolutely right. Christ is the model for leadership. And the disciples are the model of falling under his spiritual authority. And we wonder, well, you know, we ask ourselves, well, how come they did it like, well, they, they, they had the model. And so yeah. <laughs> our, model, our model is Christ and, and we need to hold fast to that and not let ourselves get too full of ourselves or, you know, trying to... Um, make, you know, make things 
bigger than they are when that's a, a, a easy way to get out of your, get out of Holy Spirit and get out of the authority that God um, allows us to get into. And so we read, um, oh man, I can't even remember the scripture, but it's one scripture that says all authority comes from God. And so if you, if you go against that authority, you you yeah, you're going against God. And so I think it was a Psalm 51. I think it might be Psalm 51. I can't remember. We have we read a whole bunch of scriptures, but it's just funny that you mentioned that. And um, as we get that's into why, this, that's why I like sports because sports, you kind of see, you see within like the organization the importance of that of leadership. Yeah. Yeah, you really do see it. Like, there's a bad leader. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in the case of <laughs> FSU, it, it trickles down. It just inherently just trickles down. But, but then there are times you can have a great leader, but if the the ones underneath aren't doing their role as in obeying, that doesn't mean the leader is bad at that point. It just means the ones underneath just not doing their role, and that. And it becomes real obvious at that point. You can really point it out. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's so true, man. Um, sports is – and, and that's one of the – like you said, that's one of the reasons I love sports because you can see the dynamics play out. You can mm-hmm. see it, right? Like my wife looks at all those reality shows and – thinks that's real drama. I was like, nah, the real drama is on the sports field or the court. Yeah. You see, you can see, see it. the players not connecting with their coach or, you know, there's a disconnect somehow because they're supposed to be a unit, right? Mm-hmm. And if there's a disconnect or a discrepancy, it'll show up. Yep. And, and you know, it, it's just, and then just try to see them overcome that or, you know, try how they adjust. I love to see, I love watching sports games where um, just the adjustments. So you say they get thrashed in the first half and see how they come out the second half, you know? Oh, yeah, okay. I love they, that. <laughs> they adjustments or they're going to keep getting their butt whooped, you uh-huh. know? So, I, so it, it's, to me, it's the ultimate drama. But like you said, it's, it's really, it really, you know, exemplifies the connection between the leader and his, and his, and his uh, players. And so, um, so yeah, this chapter, Luke 15 is really good in that it sets up um, and really shapes our thinking about God in terms of his faithfulness, in terms of like we were talking about last time, just like his, his nature and his character. And so I thought this, this chapter was really good coming off chapter 14 where we, you know, we call it the shift of focus. It's really like shifting your perspective. Mm -hmm. And and this one takes a real, like just a, a a real deep look at, cause this is, and we'll get into it more, but it's like the same thing, but over and over again. So that means it's, it's giving you a couple of different perspectives of the same concept. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought this was really, really good, really powerful. And so can't wait to get into it. Yeah, same here. 
Um, all right. So if you don't have anything else, I say we get a word of prayer. All right. And dive in. All right. All right. Welcome to the Walking with Jesus podcast, a podcast that allows followers of Christ to experience Jesus in a new way with Evan and Malcolm, two regular guys walking with Jesus. Each week, we, while we converse and reason about the things of the Bible and in our lives, we believe that Jesus will draw near and walk with us just like he did in Luke 24, verse 15. Now, here's your hosts, Evan and Malcolm, with an opening prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, dear Lord. Thank you for another opportunity to come before you, dear Lord, and worship your name. We give you all the honor, all the praise, all the glory, dear Lord, because you are faithful. You are worthy, dear Lord. Yes, you are. We just lift you up this to this time at this moment, dear Lord. We pray right now in the name of Jesus that anything that this world is uh, challenging us with, uh, putting up against our senses right now, dear Lord, we just cast it down, and we pray that you have your way right now, dear Lord. Let your Spirit fill us during this time, so that minds and hearts are pointed directly to you and connected to you, dear Lord. We pray right now, dear Father, that you use my mouth, use my mind, use my eyes, use all of me, dear Lord, as we go in with reason over your word, dear Father. We pray this in the name of Jesus. We also lift up Brother Evan right now. We pray that you use him. Fill him with your spirit, dear Lord. Let him not be reminded of anything that he went through this week or leading up to this moment, dear Father, but let his heart be settled on you, dear Father. Give him the peace that is beyond understanding, dear Father, and guard his heart during this time, dear Lord, so that it may be filled with your word, filled with your love, dear Father. And as your word says, it's from the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks, dear Lord. Yes. So we, we just, just honor you right now, dear Father, just praise you. We, we ask that you just have your way during this time, dear Lord. Continue to guide us into what it is that you want us to understand from your word. Help us, dear Father, to see exactly what you want us to see, dear Father, and share it, dear Father, between each other and to our listeners. And dear Lord, we just lift up our listeners right now, dear Lord. We pray that if they're in a... Uh, um, not an unsure position, dear Lord, not sure about you, not sure about um, who you are, dear Father. We pray, dear Lord, that during this time, they get confirmation, confirmation about your nature, how much you love them, dear Father. You love them more than they can even love themselves, dear Lord. We pray right now, dear Lord, that you just give them clarity. Let them not hear our voices, but let them hear you. Connect with their spirit right now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you for that, dear Lord. We thank you for those souls that um, are drawn to you as a result of this podcast and the ones that are committed to you. Um, and this is just seeds. This is just watering and nurturing to the seeds that have been planted in their hearts, dear Lord. 
you know what they stand in need of, dear Father. And we pray, dear Lord, that this be a blessing to their ears and lifting up, strengthening to their mortal body, dear Lord. We just thank you now, dear Lord, again, dear Father. Have your way during this time. It's in the matchless and wonderful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Um, so this one, um, Luke 14, if I remember correctly, um, Jesus was really, and let me just take a peek. One of the highlights was humility. Yeah, he was yeah. Really talking about humility and um, how he was using the contrast of the religious leaders of the time to show the importance of humility and how we, um, and I, I think we talked about this last week, this kind of prompted why I was asking the question, can you have faith and not be humble? But I think we both know the answer to that because Jesus preached about it and teached about it on a number of occasions. And so I find it kind of hard. I think it would be very hard to believe to, to, to have a true faith, a faith that produces fruit and not be humble. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, this chapter does, I kind of felt like went into that. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, he also in 14 talks about the minimum standards required to follow him. Right? He talked about, you know, you, you essentially have to hate your, your mother, your father, you know, uh, he didn't come to bring um, peace in some of these relationships. He actually came to divide. us. Mm -hmm. right? So we have to make a choice. Um, and that, that actually speaks to humility, right? You you have to come under under some, you have to submit to something, right? And what yeah. Jesus is saying is, if you don't submit to me, you're not worthy to be my disciple. Mm -hmm. um, and then lastly, he talked about, and I have been meditating on this um, all week. Really, it's. Um, <sighs> All the people under the sound of, the, of his voice had to understand that tasteless salt is worthless, right? If, if you lose, if we lose our flavor, what good are we to him? Exactly. Right. Um, or, or any part of the body of Christ. Like if, if we don't have the salt, the flavor that, that is needed to, be the salt of the earth, like we're useless to him. Mm -hmm. That's and, our main purpose. I think yeah, it's yeah. easy to forget. That's our main purpose. Exactly. Exactly. And without that, it's kind of like having a TV sitting in the living room that doesn't work. Right. <laughs> the main purpose is for that bad boy to be on and to show broadcast what's being televised, basically. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if it can't do that, gotta get rid of it. <laughs> It's like our main purpose is to do is obey God. 
that that's our main purpose. And if we can't do that, God is like, I didn't save you just to, so you can walk around and say, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm on my way to heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, I saved you to get to work. Right. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Exactly. So it it really dawned on me after reading that that's what he was saying, because at first when I, I thought he was just preaching in terms of just like general in general terms. But then mm-hmm. I kind of connected it to he was talking about humility and 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 he comes right off. He says, you know, salt that is tasteless is, you know, useless for any not useful for anything right after he talks about the cost of discipleship. And so I was like, man, he's really talking to to Christians, the people that want to follow him. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, so, it's, so it's not just about that um, decision to give your life over to Jesus. It's about the walk. That's what that mm-hmm. salt piece is about. It's about. So that raises a question, though, right? Mm. Which one is harder to give your life to Christ or to make one's mind of to actually walk out your faith with yeah. Christ? That's the heavy part. That's that, right. That, that going back to what like what you were saying earlier with the class mm-hmm. that being underneath Christ's authority. Yeah. Because when I think about that, I'm like, yeah, it's easy to go up there and say, yeah, I finally give my life to Christ because I want to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to submit to his authority, that's the stuff that's not fun. Yeah. Because we all want to do our own thing. We want to have our own kingdom. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you know, everyone do it this way. God is like, no, <laughs> this is the way you need to walk. Mm-hmm. Like we don't recognize that God's long-term plan, it may not start off as seeming beneficial to us. Yeah. It may not seem fun. It's not highlighted. It doesn't have a whole bunch of glitter and glam with it at first. But later on, by being submitted to its authority, there's some serious benefits there, but you got to wait it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when I look at whew, what Christ is going through, or what any any of the men in Scripture went through, yeah, it didn't start off great. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. It didn't. Man, um, yeah, that's got me thinking a little bit. But it, it so going into uh, this chapter, he starts off with um, this section called the parable of the lost sheep. And um, I, I got new King James. I'm also looking at the, the Christian standard and the, the, the passion. They all say the same thing. What mm-hmm. does the American standard say? Does that say parable of the lost sheep as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's a parable of lost sheep. For the all, right. all right. So let me read these first. Um, let me go to yeah this first section, so one through seven, and then we can talk about that. All right. Um, verse one, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable with them, saying, what man of, what man of you having a hundred sheep If he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. 
And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me, I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say to you, otherwise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. So this is, I just thought this was, um, I mean, and, and in Luke, it always starts with some sort, Jesus is teaching that sets the tone for the rest of the chapter. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I've seen in, in Luke. I mean, we're, we're up to chapter 15, but it's been pretty consistent. The first section, first couple of verses set the tone for the rest of the, the chapter. And so um, th- this beginning here where it says, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him, that stuck out to me just because I was like, well, why did they draw near to him? And remember, it was in chapter 14 that he was talking about humility, right? Yeah. And the humility and the whole parable about the hospitality and stuff. And I, I feel like, and you've mentioned this before, there's times where, well, let me, not, let me, let me backtrack. When Jesus says something, it usually is cutting. It typically is cutting. And what happens, you have to make a decision now when you hear God's word or you hear Jesus, you read Jesus's word. You have to make a decision. Are you going to go towards it because he just cut you or are you going to run away from it? Mm-hmm. And I feel like those cutting words, because he ended the chapter 14 talking about the tasteless salt. And I feel like those actually, those cutting words actually stirred something up in these tax collectors and the sinners. Yeah. It's like, man, he's really, like he's, like between the cost of that section on cost of discipleship and then the tasteless salt, that if you don't have your, if the spirit of God isn't in you, you're going to walk away. It's like, well, that wasn't nice. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You're going to be like, what does he want from me? But these tax collectors and sinners, their spirit was um, quickened. They they responded to this call. And so, and the reason, the the other, I guess, the other sort of confirmation I got from that was the next verse where... um, because the Pharisees heard it too. The scribes heard it. They heard everything that Jesus was saying because they was always around. Mm-hmm. But instead of them coming draw, drawing closer to him, they say this man receives sinners and eats with them. They were arm's distance. <laughs> and I, I just thought that was so peculiar. Right? Like, yeah. they, they complain about the type of people that Jesus is receiving but they're there as well (laughs) you know what i mean like it's just and we've we've seen this in all the gospels right that the man so i asked the question um is it okay for them to be there and not these others 
Or is it just them not really caring about that they are there? It's just another opportunity to judge people. Yeah, I think it's the they looked at it as far as another opportunity to judge. Yeah. Because yeah. they feel in their role. Mm, yeah. Their role was supposed to be able to get people just like the tax collectors, mm-hmm. like the regular sinners that were out there and be able to show love and kindness to them. Mm-hmm. To show, basically, be Christ-like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they felt in their whole role. <laughs> Man. Like, true definition of flunky. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it just blows my mind because they, they're, they're there to judge but can't see their own sin. Yeah. And mm. where oh man, I can't remember where I read it. But there's a uh I think it's in Romans, like the was it Romans one? Maybe Romans one or two that talks about that, where men get to a point where they cannot see their own sin. Like it's invisible to them. They they and and they can't recognize when they're doing something wrong. Yeah, I think there's uh, what was it, Romans one, because they start worshiping their the creatures rather yes. than the creator. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, is it? Let me see. Romans. I mean, uh, let me just look at this real quick. So I mean, every day, desire to visit Rome. Let's see, what is it? Verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Yes. Like, (laughs) mm, they can't see it. (laughs) They just can't see their own sin, which yeah. is scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that that yeah that that is it. And so that to me really describes what the Pharisees are going through right here. And you know, it it always boggles my mind when I when you read when you read that these Pharisees are doing this type of thing in the presence of the Son of God. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, so I'm sorry, did you have some comments on these first two verses? When I, when I read this, I thought about old boy Jonah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> when I was reading this, the Pharisees to me put me in the frame of mind with Jonah. They both to me had the same problem. They were upset with what God, with God's decision. Yeah. And I'm like, good. why be upset with whom God chooses to show favor to? Mm-hmm. What's it to me? Why yeah. is that even my prerogative? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If God wants to extend favor to the KKK, yeah, somebody that's say they're 80 years now mm-hmm. or going on 90, right? Mm-hmm. But all through their youth, all they were known for was messing up black homes, burning them, all that trash, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now God wants to show this person favor yeah, and get them saved. And they actually do repent. Mm-hmm. Who am I to stand in the way of that? 
I'm so bent over on their sin yeah. that I forget I have my own. Exactly. And when I was reading this, I was like, man, this is the same attitude that Jonah had. Mm-hmm. Like they upset because Jesus is conversing with the tax collectors, which I get it. Nobody liked the tax collectors back in the day because it's like, you know, they're taking my money. <laughs> but at the end, but at the same time, the Pharisees are putting on a show like they're religious. The tax collectors, they're not hiding their sin. The Pharisees is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like what I saw was that the sinners and the tax collectors, they're leaning forward, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. allows God to lean forward. Exactly. Yeah. Then I saw the Pharisees, they just grumbling. Complain. They're trying to find a fault in God. Yeah. Yeah. Only because they're upset with the fact that they can't. What they basically Christ is doing something that they themselves feel like he shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, how did Jonah get that way? Or why did Jonah get that way, really? What ran across my mind? And mm-hmm. why are they, the Pharisees and the scribes, why are they this way? Mm-hmm. And I thought, pride. Yeah. No humility whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They want to do it their way. Yeah. It has to be done their way. That's it. And then I thought they 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 really truly did flunk their role as being a Pharisee. I guess to them, being a Pharisee or being a scribe means you looked apart from the rest of society. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the whole point? I mean, because when we think about it in terms of business, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about the output. It's all about what. What is going to be generated? The end, the end result. Mm-hmm. So for a Pharisee and for a scribe, the end result can't possibly mean I look good. Yeah. The end result has to mean the people around me start to do better. They start to look good. They start to act better. They start to get closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. For the Pharisees, it's like, nope, I got to look good, which I felt like they miss the warning that he gave at the end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Yeah. They missed that. I'm like, here it is. He, Jesus literally gave them a warning. Basically, he's telling them, walk away. <laughs> if you're not going to try and listen, if you're not going to try, it'd be better for you to just walk away at this yeah. point. Yeah. Because it's making their judgment worse. They're condemning themselves just by sitting around, hearing the teaching and not doing, not changing. And they missed the fact that God is giving what I saw with this parable along with the other parables with this is one common factor, what Christ was doing. He was showing these Pharisees his nature. He's talking about himself in this parable. That's right. He's clearly like, he's literally saying to them, I'm giving you my perspective on why I'm chilling out with these sinners and tax collectors. And that is they were once lost. That is, they here it is, just like with the, just like with the, with, with the one sheep. Um, Christ is looking at it from the perspective of how it was with Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. No sin. Yeah. I'm getting them back to no sin again. I'm redeeming. I'm bringing it back to them. And the Pharisees, I feel like 
Yeah, it just went over their head because they're not trying to get an understanding of God's perspective. And I thought that's just so awesome that the Lord would look at some creatures that he made that's lower than some other creatures that he made known as angels and say, this is my perspective I want to share with you on the matter. Mm-hmm. So you can get a better understanding of why I'm here on earth and why I'm chilling with these particular people. This is the reason why I want to share this with you. And he's taking the time out to share it with some people that don't care about him. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's that's cutting because they can't stand before Christ on judgment day and say, you never love me. Because mm-hmm. in this parable, he's showing love by giving them God's perspective. And he's breaking it down in a way that they can understand because they know about sheep. The whole lineage of Israel went down the line as herding sheep. They, they, they know about it. Yeah. So it's not like. They wouldn't understand this parable with one being one one missing and you carrying that bad boy back home and happy. <laughs> yeah. Like they 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 would under, they should be able to understand that. Which also another thing pointed out to me with this parable when I was reading it was how much Christ values us. Sheep back then, they weren't cheap. Mm-hmm. You stand in like a, like a desert terrain almost or the Mediterranean terrain almost mm-hmm. to have a sheep. You are balling, <laughs> let alone to have 99. Mm-hmm. Each one you need because yeah. that's going to bring about the profit that's going to be able to take care of the family. Mm-hmm. And so if one turns out missing, yeah, I'm going after it because that's my profit. Yeah. And when I was when I sat back and I read this, I was like, I know there's something in the God probably wants me to see that I didn't pay attention to before. <laughs> and that 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 piece, I saw how he views the sinner. Yeah. How he views us with importance. That he's like, Yeah, you I'm you are profitable to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I don't, how can I put it? I don't it's easy for me to feel like God profit. I profit off of God being in my life. Well, what does God profit off of me being in his? But from God's perspective, God is like, no, I actually profit from you being a part of my life. I love the fact that you're a part of my life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the reason why I made what I made. Mm -hmm. I have love that I want to give to you to show you that profit. Yeah, when reading this parable, I was like, that part like started to jump out to me. Mm-hmm. And before, didn't see it like that. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this this so good what you're saying. I saw, I definitely picked up on on the faithfulness of Jesus, right, and the faithfulness mm-hmm. of God in the parable. But where my mind went to was, um. He's our proponent and advocate, right? That, that yeah. I, I just, I just, I don't know. My, 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 my heart and my mind just went right to the fact that he's always in our corner. He's always because because when it says you're lost, right? And he does not. So in New King James, if he loses one, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. 
And to me, that's just, an, to me, that that's an advocate. That's a proponent. That's one who is always, you know, advocating for you and, and looking for you and trying to see the best in you and do the best for you. And so I just thought how encouraging that is and what a, what a joy it is to know that Jesus, the firstborn of all created and resurrected, is got my back. Yeah. You know, and so um, I, I went to, it, it just reminded me of Colossians 1, um, where is it? And just the preeminence of Jesus. Um, and so it says, uh, that's Colossians, oh, I'm sorry, Colossians 1, 15 through 18. This, and so I'm reading the, the Passion Translation, it says the supremacy of Christ. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality and authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made and now everything finds completion in him. He is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. And knowing that powerful, powerful verse man so, versus changed my life <laughs> man, so and, and so reading that and knowing this and knowing that once you're if you're lost jesus is he is the one right he is the mm -hmm. he it here he is the exalted one he's coming to look for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's coming to look for you and he's in the heavenly courts advocating for you every day. The accuser mm -hmm. is accuser is laying out his indictments against you and false witness. And Jesus is like, no, I object. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And just just laying it down. And that just filled my heart with so much joy. And it just encourages me. And I hope it encourages somebody to know that the one that was created before everything, the one that was the firstborn of all resurrected, we're all going to be resurrected, but he was first. He is coming after you. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. The Walking with Jesus podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Not to cast you down, to lift you up, to be like mm -hmm. him. Yeah.
And that's the beautiful thing, right? When I was reading this, I sat back and I thought, I was like, man, God put himself, which I've heard before, but I've but I see it also in scripture. Yeah. How he puts himself in, in a dilemma. Because it says in scripture that God is angry with the sinner every day. Yeah. Here it is with these parables, and he has the sinners right before him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The sinners that are blunt with their sin and the sinners that are like super duper hypocrites. Yeah. The religious, the religious ones, right in his face. And he's like, let me still show compassion. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, it's like God is God. What, what I got from this when I was reading it, I saw that dilemma, but I saw it more, even more clearly. He's yearning for them, the Pharisees, especially in particular, and the scribes to repent. The ones already that's already leaning forward, they already in the stance of trying to start in a repentant process. And that's the tax collectors. Mm-hmm. The sinners that are there, they're at least acknowledging, yeah, I'm, I know I'm tore up from the floor. I know it. <laughs> but the Pharisees, on the other hand, Christ is like, okay, so I won't have to condemn you too bad. Let me just try and break down a parable. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the parable is going to be in a way that you'll understand. Yeah. So it's going to have some spiritual nuggets in there. Hopefully <laughs> the spiritual nuggets, but it'll be you'll be able to gravitate to these spiritual nuggets by looking at it from a practical sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is his love, the love that he has. And when I heard Tony Evans says this, the love of God keeps the wrath of God in check. Mm-hmm. What God will what God would do to a sinner is just annihilating, basically. Can't stand in his presence. But God is like his love, he's like, okay, I'm gonna give you time to repent that grace period because i'm yearning for you to come back for me mm. come back to me but if you keep rejecting it you leave me another alternative mm. and i'm seeing here with the with the pharisees he's like i'm trying to get you back it's like literally going fishing cast the rod out nothing comes zip it back up cast it back out again and that's what i'm seeing what christ is doing with these parables he's casting the rod out to get the Pharisees to come back, to come to him. Mm-hmm. But yet, they're like, mm, nah, I take a nibble for what's on the hook, and then I'm gone. <laughs> I'm not going to bite at all. I'm just going to take a nibble just to look good in front of the other fish out here, and then I'm gone. But Christ, his nature, he's like, no, I'm yearning for you to come back, which makes sense with the next parable that he gives with the yeah. lady. Yeah, yeah. That's so good, Evan. Um, so let's jump into that. Why don't you read uh, eight, this section. In the New Kings, is eight through 10. Yeah, that's how mine is. Um, for New American, mm-hmm. it's titled Parable of the Lost Coin. Is that yep. same? Yep. Okay. Yep. Verse eight, or what woman, if she has 10 silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I would, man, you talking about some getting down, (laughs) some real celebrating, like. Cause me and my wife joke about this all the time. Like we hear a nice songs, especially if you like a lot, like have an opportunity, especially before COVID. There's like a live band that's playing, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and they really know how to get down. You're like, man, that sounds real good. And every time, it never, it never, never, never changes. Me and Terry can always look at one another and be like, I wonder what the angels are listening to when they're in heaven, when they're getting down, like really worshiping <laughs> God. Like, if this sounds good like this on earth, what does it sound like in heaven? Yeah. And I think about that just by one sinner coming to repentance. Like, that's some that's some serious. This is somebody's name getting written in the book of life yes. for eternity. Mm, mm, mm. That's worth celebrating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's worth celebrating. I'm like, okay, my name been written in the book of life. Why not celebrate somebody else's name that's getting written in the book of life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're crossing over into life now. Yeah, yeah. And I can just imagine like how the angels like really rejoice and see God's redemptive plan. I'm pretty sure they're like taken aback because I forgot there was like a spot. Where is that? At? It's in the old, it's in the New Testament. When it says the angels, they're they're looking at this whole thing, this whole plan of God, and like in awe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot what chap, what um not Colossians, Colossians. Forgot where it's in. Now my mind's about to go crazy. <laughs> but that, that's one of the things that really jumped out on when I was reading this, and I thought again how how important we are. Yeah. Because to to God, like how He views us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it changes. Like I was talking to I was talking to Terika about this. I was like a lot of a lot of young young brothers when we grew up. And we we come up in an environment like in the hood, you kind of you don't have much respect for yourself the way you should. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when you see a young girl, you don't approach her the way you should. Yeah. And a lot of times, what I call quote unquote stacking up high miles by being involved with this woman, this woman, this woman, this woman, this woman, this woman. This woman Mm-hmm. If a man valued, because it's oftentimes they always say if a woman valued herself, she wouldn't be out here. But it's the same is true. If a man valued himself and look at himself the way God sees him, mm-hmm. he wouldn't waste himself so loosely. He would look at himself like, nah, I'm I'm here for a purpose. I'm not sharing this intimacy with you. I don't know you. That's how he would look at a chick. And he would save it for the one he had, for the one God has for him. But when a person does don't see themselves from that perspective, you can't have proper self-esteem. You can't look at you. A person will have either come off as having a super duper high ego, which no humility, or if they see themselves in a the proper light, I'm paid for, bought, blood bought by Christ. Therefore, I must have some value to the most living God. I can't live any old type of way. As a man, I can't live any old type of way. I, yeah. Too much is riding on me. I've been, I'm too expensive of a gift. And it's just like, if I was to turn around and buy something truly expensive, I'm, I'm like, hey, everybody in the house, don't touch that. <laughs> that right there has the last. And that's how I look at how Christ views us. It's like, you are of so much value for me. Just how this woman values this. She lost this coin. This ten, she, she has 10 and 7, but she lost one. 
all of them are of value. But just to lose one, oh, that's taking us down. So I got to find this one because I got things. I have a plan that I have that I have to carry out. And I thought that's Christ. Once again, he's giving his perspective to these Pharisees. Mm. I got a plan. And yeah. the plan goes all the way back to Genesis. And yeah. I haven't gave up on this plan. Mm. And the parts of this plan are important and have value to me. Uh-huh. And I'm going to make sure I bring it to pass. Yeah. Yeah. And think or when I sit back and I thought about it, and I shared this with Terrica, I was like, just think about what Jesus did. This woman, in this case, she flipped her whole house around mm-hmm. looking for this one coin. What God did, he flipped this whole world around. Yeah. Just because, just to be honest about it, how, how the Bible puts it, a lot of people are on the narrow road, and a lot of people mm-hmm. aren't going to come off that narrow road. Mm-hmm. So when we look at it in, in, in perspective of numbers, God flipped this whole world around just for a few of us. Yeah. Yeah. Just like this lady. And it was like, man, the Pharisees are sitting right there, and they're getting some serious jewels right now. Yeah, man. It's cutting. It's, it's, it's cutting. Yes. It really should be, you know, like you said, the response should really be, I, I submit, I, I give my heart to you. How, you know, it, it should be a, a, a response of submission, not of rebellion. And it's, it's so good what you said, man. I, I, I saw the same thing, um, you know, Jesus given basically the standard of his faithfulness, right? Like his faithfulness is at this level where if it's one sheep lost out of 99 or if it's one coin that I lost mm-hmm. I'm going to go look for it and I, I what verse um, came to mind when I read this in um, in 8 was Second Peter 3 9 which says and this is the passion Um, This means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return as some measure lateness, but rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience towards you because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Mm -hmm. And I, I just thought it was that's that's why it's so important to share the gospel. Yeah, yeah, and and to, and to and to disciple, and so I I got into this thing, man. Reading, um, read actually reading Romans one. I got into this thing, and I've told you I've been listening to this uh, the names of God uh, on Audible. It's a book. I forget the author's name, but he calls he calls people creatures, and mm-hmm. God the 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 creator. And so I've just been doing that lately. So I said, <laughs> um, that's that's why it's important to to share the gospel and to disciple creatures that are lost, <laughs> right? And, and to and to encourage other Christ followers to stay in the fight and do the same. It's because God's patience, God's loving patience, like that. That's why it's so important. Um, and then. When I get to 10, I start, I, I was like, well, why are the, the angels so happy? I was thinking along the same lines of what you were saying, but 
I think it's it's almost as if if someone comes in repentance to God, is as if they were dead. Mm-hmm. And and it's a re- it's a resurrection. It's a it's a li- it's they're alive again, and that's something to be happy for. That's something to be joyful for. That's something to throw a party for because they were dead and they were going to be dead forever, for eternity. But now they're going to be alive for eternity. And so I, um, and then I asked a question. I wrote down a question when I was thinking about this. Um, It's because Jesus says there's going to be joy in heaven over a sinner that repents. And I said, is that an addition to the joy in God that already inhabits heaven? Like, are they happier? Like, I I don't know why I thought about this, Evan. I just, but I know when Genesis and Revelation talks about the joy that the angels have, like they, they already have joy. But is this in addition, just because, you know, we have a sinner who repents and, um, it's like the, the parable where he says, you know, her fr- she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. And so I was just wondering about that. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think. So when I think about this, right, mm-hmm. I thought, of, I, don't, I don't know, it's like it pops in my head as being like twofold. Mm. One part is when person finally comes to Christ. So now, like you said, they they are now alive. They become alive. Yeah. But then there's the other part. And I think about this in terms of the rapture. I see the angels definitely celebrating then. It's like now we've seen their part of the kingdom and mm-hmm. now they're here in the kingdom. So it's like a double fold of celebration. Like I, I see the angels always happy. <laughs> Yeah. I see them always happy, which, and I feel like that's because they're always in God's presence. So they're like always happy. It was like a twofold. Yeah. I guess it's a twofold thing that plays out of my mind. Yeah. Um, with okay. So, I mean, I, I think I was thinking along the same lines, right? It's not like they ever get, you know, I, like, I don't think there's ever a bad day in heaven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it's, it's always, they're always joyful. But when, when a, a a sinner repents, it's just on top of it, right? It's just on, like they're they're already happy. But whoo, now we got really something to be happy for. for yeah, this, you know, for for this person, whereas every day in God's presence is joy, is happiness. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so that's good. And I found that verse too. The verse I was looking for about okay. the angels marveling. Yeah. It's um it was first Peter, uh first Peter chapter one, uh verse twelve. And it says it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things unto things unto which angels look to. Mm, yeah, it was like they're marveling. They're looking at God's redemptive plan for us, yeah. and they're like, yeah. in awe, like, yeah. wow, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let me see. 
Okay. So that that's good. So so far, Jesus has laid out two parables that basically say the same thing. The first one is about a shepherd with a lost sheep. And then the next one is about a woman who lost one of her silver coins. Mm -hmm. And so those are two sort of objects, right? One is a a sheep, but both of them are relative, right? Both of them are relative Um, in that the people hearing this can relate to what Jesus is talking about, okay? Now, after that, he takes it a little deeper, which to me is just a perfect microcosm of the faith, the Christ walk. It starts kind of out, right? I mean, but it starts inside of us and it works its way out. But Mm -hmm. more than that, as you continue to walk with Jesus, he starts out. And then he kind of brings you in closer and closer and closer. So he starts with the sheep, an animal that you take care of. Then he gets into your pocket, that money, right? Mm -hmm. Now he's going to talk about a person. So this parable of the lost son is probably, I mean, I wouldn't even, I'm not even going, uh, you know, wage a guess on how popular this is i mean i would i think if i tried to i'd be underestimating how popular the prodigal son story is in the bible i think it's super popular i think everybody pretty much knows about that um but so verse 11 then he said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that falls to me so he divided to them his livelihood Okay, so let's stop right there. (laughs) This has always been, I always thought of it of how God is, right? And with this father, there is no, well, you should think about it this way. He is, he he knows probably what's going to happen, but he does it anyway. And I feel like, so I think I feel like this is a lesson to fathers and going through what I'm going through with Justin. This really ministered to me. Mm-hmm. Let him go. L- let them go. God is in control. God is in sovereignty. And so I, I prayed about this, Evan, because I-, I-, I felt like I was trying to convince him to stay with me when it wasn't his decision. I mean, it it wasn't what he wanted to do. It was more about me than him. And me being a coach and wanting to control things, I had to ask for forgiveness and surrender. And Mm -hmm. when, when, when I got to that point, Evan, God, you have him, he's your son, even more than he's my son. And it just, this light bulb went off in my head. I I have done that surrender situation so many times in my head, man. So, so many times, so many times in my head, so many times in my life where I had to, got to the point where I was at the end of myself mm-hmm. and say, God, I can't do anymore. Here, take it. And it always works out. 
once we get our hands off of it, once we get out of God's way, he can do his thing. He can do what he promises to do. And so for all the stressing I was doing over Justin saying him not, not wanting to play basketball anymore, when I, when I prayed and said, God, I surrender him over to you, I felt so much joy because I know what that means. Mm. I know what surrendering to God means. I know what it means when you commit and say, God, I, I don't have, I, I, I can't do this in my own intellect. I can't do it in my own strength. I don't know what else to do, Lord. Take yeah. it. I surrender it all to you. And forgive me, Lord, for getting in your way, for trying to do this thing that I don't even know if it was your plan. Mm -hmm. And so, man, so when this when this father, when the son says to his father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. And the next sentence says, so he divided to them his livelihood. There wasn't like, well, son, you know, that's probably not a good financial decision. You know, you know, son, there's probably better things you should be doing or no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? It, it wasn't is none of that's what I saw in this first section. There was none of that. There was a trust in God's guidance to release him to his own decisions. Because, and, and this is what, so just, just, I was kicking myself in the butt because I say this all the time. There are lessons that only life or only God can teach our kids. And yeah, when, we, when we get in the way, we don't let them learn the lesson. Uh -huh. And this father, yeah, true. this father did not get in the way. His father didn't get in the way. He he let he let the lesson start. You you want your your inheritance? Take it. Here you go. And trust God is will bring will will show him what to do. And if he goes in his own strength and his own understanding, he gonna end up back with him anyway. Mm -hmm. It oh man, it's almost like with. Uh, Abraham and Isaac, he was obedient. He trusted God that if I have to sacrifice my son, God will bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, that faith. Yes. That faith. It, it, that, that, it, it's not baby faith. Nah, nah, no, 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 <laughs> three. No, it's this not is baby faith. Man. Grown man, grit your teeth, grind through it. You know what? I'm I'm thankful with God's character that he doesn't ask us to do things that require growing up faith when we're babies. When yes. We're babies. Yes. You got yes. baby faith, he's going to come at us like we got baby faith. With baby <laughs> situations. With baby situations. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Once we get that adult faith, he's like, okay, now you can handle this. Because like he didn't he didn't allow that that situation with Abraham and Isaac to jump off until Abraham had the faith. Oh yeah. And, and it took Abraham a minute just to get the faith to get a son. 25 <laughs> years, 30 years, something like that. Yeah, just to get a son. 
So he, he didn't. I'm thankful with that about God. Yes, that's so true. Because I mean, he he says it. He is the one who tests hearts. Mm-hmm. He tests our hearts, and so, but he knows our hearts. He's not yeah. going to give us a test that is too much or that he knows we're going to fail. He's going to give us a test. He's done gave us the. He, what I notice about God, he gives us the the answers to the test before the test. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, he'll line it up, give it to us, and it's we say Amen. God is like, okay, let me see if you understood what Amen meant. Yeah, let's see if you really mean that. <laughs> yeah, you really mean that Amen. That's good. <laughs> and, I, and I like this with what you said with the man. That's a hard thing to do. We mm. know for a fact that this decision is gonna bring your child a headache. Yeah. But you're trusting in God because before he's your child, he was God's child first. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. And you're just going to let God just mm. do his thing. Be God in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Which opens the door for, it opens the door for the child to see God. Because for a long time, I recall there was um, Emmanuel Ja. That was his name. Emmanuel Ja. So... He's originally from Africa, current day Sudan. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing him tell his story. <clears throat> and when he was telling his story, he was saying that his mom was a Christian. Mm-hmm. His dad wasn't. Mm-hmm. His mom ended up dying when he was like, he was like young, probably like maybe eight, maybe even maybe eight. She ended up dying. Mm-hmm. He ends up getting kidnapped and having to join a military mm. and having to carry a, a AK-47 that's the size of his body. Yeah. And he said they tried to escape many times. And he said one particular time they actually were trying to escape and they got far, but then now they're in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness and it doesn't. Mm. And he said, and I never forgot this when he said this, because um, so I met him at uh, at Florida State, mm-hmm. and he said that he everybody because it was like about four of them, and he said so all of them started praying because they said they ended up being there was this one spot just had one tree, and that's what they set up on them because they were just weak, they had nothing to drink. He said so all all the other ones they started praying to all their gods. Mm. Then he said he started to think. Why don't I pray to my mother's God? Mm. And he said, when he prayed to his mother's God, that's when all of a sudden a vulture came down because mm. they were hungry. And it was like, they all looked at one another like, is this real? <laughs> he ain't even flying away. He <laughs> <laughs> just came down and propped himself up next to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But he was like, that's when. His mother's God became alive to him. Yes. And it was like certain situations, like how you said earlier, God has to show the child. As long as they up underneath us, our God is just our God. That's my dad's God. Mm. That's my mama's God. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't became their God until a situation occurs. And they have to cry out to him 
for themselves. Just like how Emmanuel Jaw did. He was like, prior to that, it was always his mama's God. But when that happened, that's when that was his God from that time frame moving forward. Mm, yeah. Man. And that's what I get also from this parable. It's like, this, this, this son, he didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And like, whew, this, I, what I saw here is with him is that he didn't have a relationship with yeah. his father. Mm-hmm. He wanted his father's stuff yeah. without a relationship. And immediately mm-hmm. I thought about Adam and Eve. Yeah. They wanted God's stuff. Give mm-hmm. me this garden. I don't want you. Because I don't, if I wanted you, I would go by your rules. Since I don't want to go by your rules, I don't want you. Just give me this whole garden. Let me do my yeah. thing with it. Yeah. Missing God. Without, mm-hmm. without God, there is no garden. <laughs> and that's what I thought about with this, with the son. It's like, mm-hmm. you got all this with your dad. And the only thing you want, your dad's not even, it doesn't show in here that he's about to die. Right. But immediately, right. you want your portion of the wealth of the family. Yeah. That's no relationship. Yeah. That's good. But the father's like, okay, I'll let you. Mm-hmm. You'll learn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man. That's good, man. Um, it's parables. Mm. Enjoying the show? We'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply share the show with a friend, that will give them a new way to experience Jesus and help us out too. Now back to the show. All right. So, okay. Okay. So we were on 13 and not many days after the younger son um, gathered all together, journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the paws that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Um, let me see. I, think, I don't think I have anything on that. I think my notes come in on the next part. Yeah, okay. But so 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so this was really, really good, man. Um, what I see here is it, it's God is faithful to the repentant heart, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
what we see in verse 18 through 2021, yeah, 2021 through 21, um, the son realizes his sin. He humbles himself and repents. And so that that reminds me of um, the famous, for, well, I, I don't know if it's famous, but the Second Chronicles um, 7.14. And let me see if I can find it here real quick. 14. And this is in the Amplified. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek, crave, and require of necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. And it seems like this son went through that process, right? He he. he He's called by the, the father's name. He's his father's son. He humbled himself, he prayed, and then he went back to seek his father. And that's, I mean, obviously that's the motto. Jesus, I mean, God says it in Second Chronicles, that's the process of repentance, right? We have to go through this process of humbling ourselves. And so that answers the question right there, right? You can't have faith without being humble. Yep. God says it like if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal the land. This young man, after humble himself, he gets up from the situation he was in. And I think that was also very important, too. You can't. It's just like that same question. You can't be have faith without humility. Yeah, you can't be repentant and stay in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Right? He he literally had to get up. It, it, and, I, and so I, I thought also what was powerful is not only the confession of the sins, right? But also that humble action that takes place. Yeah. I, I think that those have to be there in order for you to complete that repentance right we we can't just say it or think oh man i messed up you have to take a a, a, a action of humility and i yeah. love how in the new king james it says he and he arose and he arose and came to his father he had to go through a lot for that it goes yeah. to humility yeah i love the one thing that jumped out was when verse 14 at the end of 13, it said he squandered his estate with loose living. But then 14, now when he had spent everything, it's a good famine occurred in the country. Mm. <laughs> now, now the homeboy is broke. Broke. All of a sudden, the it becomes a recession. <laughs> <laughs> right. Come on. <laughs> so it's like he's really, really, homeboy is catching it. And it's like that, that made him hum- be humble. Yeah, he had a humbling situation. It's like now, he nobody he can ask for anything. He thought the grass was greener on the other side because he went to a Gentile nation because they had pigs. Mm-hmm. So he's out there hanging out with them. He wants to eat the pods, but a human. When I checked it out, I was like, humans can't even digest that junk. So he's he's so 
famished to the point that he wants something that he that he really literally can't even digest. Yeah, it's easy. I felt like, and I, and I love how the Bible. Where is it? It, it was um, verse seventeen. He came to his senses. Mm, yeah, that jumped out his senses. Like, wait a minute. So, where was his senses at before all of this? Sin mm. blocks it. Yeah, you blind it. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the senses is just like it's common sense. Common sense. Why would I leave them? Like, I hear it all the time. Like when people do the little um, parachuting. Yeah. It's like, why would I jump out of a functioning plane? A fully functioning plane. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with the plane. The plane. Nothing wrong. wrong with the plane. I'm just gonna jump. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'll jump. It just goes against common sense. But if I come to my senses, I'm gonna stay seated and <laughs> wait till this bad right. boy land. Exactly. And that's how it is with this with the son. It's like he had to be humble. I. It, it just like if we just ignore the dilemma of his humbling circumstances, I don't see him getting up to go back to his father and his father being willing to accept him. I think the father was willing to accept him, just how Christ is willing to accept the sinner that he's angry with every day. Is when we come to acknowledging, I didn't, I sinned before you. Yeah, it wasn't a mistake. It was a sin. It was a sin. I, yeah, I deliberately did something to offend you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I see how it affected you, and I also I'm hurt by it. I, I don't like the situation it put me in, but I definitely don't like how it made you feel. And that's mm-hmm. what's so. I mean, we know that's the case with the with the son because how he he speaks to the father. Yeah. I sent before heaven and in your sight. And you, yeah. Whoa. That's not like, that's not somebody putting on the front like, yeah, I lost all my money. I'm broke now. Mm -hmm. I look a hot mess. (laughs) I got to put on the face. Nah, this son isn't putting on the face. He's like, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Mm -hmm. That's not putting on the face. That's a repentant heart. The heart, his mouth is now echoing the fruits of his heart, basically. That's what his mouth is doing. And it makes perfect sense. Christ has given this parable to the Pharisees so that they can come to repentance. He's angry with the sinner every day. But if the sinner turns from his wicked ways, it's like um, in Second Chronicles, what you had just read, course the lord is going to respond and lean forward and show compassion that's his nature and that's the beautiful thing about god he's mm-hmm. like that, that's his nature yeah but it's I like think- and i think and oftentimes it's like the humbling circumstances can easily be frowned upon because they're not fun but in this case it was necessary and I think about often like our nation right now, we have a humbling circumstance. COVID, uh, economy hasn't been really lifted up. Um, a whole bunch of distress everywhere. Broken families now. But it seems like a very importune time to cry out to Christ as a nation. 
Mm. Pretty it's like the beauty about God, he'll give us his perspective on the matter. Yeah. He's willing to show us, like, this is what's going through my head. Let me share you. I mean, that's that's awesome. Because mm-hmm. it's not like, I mean, I don't care how transparent any president may have been. They don't get that intimate with the public. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's doing that, even with this parable. With these parables, he's giving a piece of his heart to the Pharisees by sharing, this is my perspective, and I want you to share it with my perspective. I'm breaking this down to a point that is not going to give you a whole bunch of, put you in a place of utter condemnation. But it's going. It should open up your senses to see what needs to be seen, and that is you gotta repent. Gotta repent. There's no way a person can stay in a state of sinfulness, which is pride, and say that they're a Christian, or say that yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with God now. How when he resists them every day? With this case, the father didn't resist his son because the pride was gone. The humility was there. God is like, I can work with that. That's a lot. That's more than enough. Man, that's good. I'm, I'm still, I'm still kind of working on and letting it sink into my heart the situation that you initially talked about, and I don't want the listeners to miss it because I think it's very perceptive and I think it's the Holy Spirit talking to us about how God is where after we, he spent all of his money, Mm -hmm. then the famine came. And I'm just reminded of so many situations where I, I think that's the, that's God playing in this, in this scenario. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how we may think of this parable as an analogy to how God and God, how God is faithful. But we, we also have to understand God allows things when we don't humble our. God allows things to happen that will humble us. I tell my sons all the time, if you don't humble yourself, God will allow, allow things to happen that will force you to be humble mm-hmm. and force you to come to him. And you can, and, and what we've seen in Jesus's ministry through his words, he always says things that like what he talked about at the beginning. I mean, at the end of 14, those words can either propel you towards him or push you away from him. Yep. And this was a this is a perfect example where this young man, after living in his own understanding and strength and intellect and making his own decisions, is then faced with a famine, something that he didn't control. He made all the decisions that got him to a point, and then the famine hits. What you think is going through his head? Man, I spent all my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has to be thinking, oh, like reflecting on everything that he spent his money on because he wishes he had it now. That, that, that uh, regret. Regret, yes. 
And as the regret is kicking in, he also starts to repent. And I, I think it's just a powerful thing to know that God will allow devastation to happen to bring you right back to him. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, and the, the other thing is like, it's not, <laughs> it's a famine and it's not just affecting him, right? There's a famine in that land. Yeah. And so the famine takes him to a citizen of that land where that puts him to work. And you can't tell me he's not thinking about all the stuff he spent, all the money he wasted on when he's looking at what these pigs are eating and thinking about eating it. How desperate you got to be to look at some pig slop. Man, I just I just see God's sovereignty throughout this. Yeah. And, 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 I'm, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned it because that's that's the key here. Right. It, it's it's. It's not the fact that he ran back. It's not God's faithfulness. It's God's sovereignty. I mean, those other things are important too, but God's sovereignty is above all. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and I'm going to say it again. He allows this devastation so that we have a path back to him. Mm-hmm. Because if we stay in our own thinking, if we stay in our own understanding, we don't have a path back to him. He yep. literally, literally resists us. That's so true. It's always relaxing when I sit back and think of when just thinking about God's sovereignty. Yeah. Because we can get lost in the situations of life. That stuff catches us off guard. Oh, yeah. But to be reminded that God knew this was going to happen before it happened. Yeah. He had to okay it in order for it to happen. So he had to sign off on it. But like, okay, it's fine. Even if it is something that's coming from the devil, he's still like, okay, that's fine. I got it. That that sovereignty, you can relax on that. <laughs> because it's easy to stay so focused on the situations of life and just dismiss God's sovereignty. Yeah. And by doing that, open up a whole world of stress, unwanted stuff that doesn't even believe doesn't even have to be here. And I like that's this parable, his sovereignty is all over it. <laughs> yes. It, it does give you a sense of peace, but I think it also goes back to your point you made earlier about like he's not gonna give you the these faith situations if your faith can't handle it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, but uh, and that <laughs> That's his sovereignty. He's un- he's in control of everything. He knows everything. He knows where our faith is. He knows all of it. So, man, it, it, it does give you a sense of peace if you come to terms with the fact that he's sovereign. And it's, it's I've been, I've been, that's what I've been working on with, with, with my boys, both of them, Justin and James, just really, Helping them understand that. I think that's a big piece of understanding who God is. Mm-hmm. You know, understanding who Jesus is. He's not this far off 
everything. He's he's as close as you want him to be, but understand he's in control of everything. He is above time. He's above everything, but controls it all. Man, that's just so beautiful that he factors in. He factors in all of it. So, like, an example with this parable, this, the the son doesn't come back to his father the same way he left his father. That's correct, yeah. All because God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. He's factoring, he's factoring this, in the, the decisions. Mm-hmm. Even, even if we can't think like a chess player, 10 steps down the road, God is like, I already seen the end of the game. If I'm allowing it to happen, trust is for your good. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's excellent, man. That's so that's so true, and it and it's through God's sovereignty that this famine comes, and that's where the change happens. He's uh-huh. at the bottom of the bottom. He's he's contemplating eating what pigs eat. He's reflecting on the fact that he left lavish feasts compared to his current situation. And that that, that changes you. Yeah. It, it shifts your focus. It shifts, shifts your perspective. You can no longer think the same when you hit that bottom like that. Mm-hmm. Man, that's good. And a lot of people, I guess, in our society, it's commonplace to look at people as going through a humbling situation like the sun mm-hmm. and say it was their fault. Yeah. But yeah. in some cases, it may not even be that. Like in Joseph's case in Genesis, that wasn't his fault. No, not at all. That was definitely a humbling circumstance. You sitting in right. a dungeon underground for a crime you didn't commit. Mm-hmm. And I doubt seriously he was eating good. So it was like what I what I see here, like when this man was similar here with the son and with Joseph, they didn't fight the circumstance. Right. They, he's at a low spot. Nobody would give him anything, but it's not saying in the parable that he started stealing to get his way to get his way out. He didn't start to indulge himself in more sin. He allowed he allowed the circumstances to do what they were in his life for, humble him, to come to his senses. Once he came to his senses, that's when common sense started kicking in, like, wait a minute. I should have been thinking like this before. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The servants in my father's house are eating better than me right now. Exactly. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Let me go home. And I just love how the father embraces him. Yeah. yeah. Like, it really does show God's character. He's like, yeah, I'm angry with the sinner every day. Mm-hmm. But if the sinner wants to get right with me, as far as the east is from the west, that's how I'm looking at they sin. Amen. Mm. It's only, and I feel like with God, he's like, it, we put him, we force his hand when we want to come to him with our sin to embrace our sin. Yeah, our way. That's our yeah. way. That's the comfortable way. Right. Yeah. That's when God was like, no, it don't work like that. I'm but holy. To him, 
as though he's holy and just acknowledge, yeah, it was me, not you. I was the issue with our relationship, Lord. Yeah. I'm yeah. the one that dropped the ball, not you. Yeah. This is how I dropped the ball. I realized that. That that changes things. Like how this father acted. Mm-hmm. It says in the son, verse 21, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, I just love that. The father was like, yeah, whatever, son. <laughs> Quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf, kill it and let us eat and celebrate. But this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. I see the same similarities with this part, along um, with this part, with this parable, with the parable with the lost corn, with um, with verse, with, with, um, verse 10, the angels rejoicing. The father is rejoicing now that he got his son back. That's how God sees one sinner. Time to rejoice. I'm getting him back. But it's like he takes them and he gives them authority. Because the rings, from my understanding back then, that wasn't just for looking Gucci. <laughs> that was, that was for authority. Yeah, it's a symbol of power. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he doesn't come back home. And then the thing about it, He's not even the oldest son. He's the younger one. So he's the younger one, and now he's coming back with authority. When he was out there in the streets, in the pig, in the pig, and in the pigsty, no authority. He comes back home, authority. And isn't that the case with a Christian? When they come with Christ, authority. Without Christ, no authority. And it just shows how God, like, it's not like God is rewarding a sinner for being a sinner. Uh. It's that God is showing love and compassion to the repentant heart because now he can do something with it. Now this son won't squander the gifts. He won't squander the authority because he realizes (laughs) this stuff don't come easy. Yeah. Like, I, I had a teacher, I'll never forget Miss Barnes, honors, uh, English honors class in high school. Mm-hmm. She used to always say this with freedom come responsibility. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's the case here with this, with this son. Mm-hmm. He has the freedom, but he understands the responsibility that comes with this authority now. Yeah. He's not going to take it for granted. Mm hmm. So now he can be trusted with the ring. Mm -hmm. He can be trusted with it before. Here's your wealth. His father didn't let him take that ring, though. He didn't let him take that robe. But he let him take all the other stuff. Now that he comes home, dead broke. Mm -hmm. Now you can get the authority because your heart's repented. You came to your senses. You realize that this stuff here. It don't come easy, so therefore you'll rule it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. He has the character now. Yeah. He has, you know, patience work is perfect work in his life. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's really good. 
the um and and I and I just I, I the the fact that the father it just shows the symmetry in all of these parables, right? The father rejoices and wants to share the good news with his servants, right? Mm-hmm. And just like the 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 woman who lost a coin, she went out and said to her neighbors, "Come rejoice with me." And and um, the the shepherd, right? He he went to his friends, his neighbors, did the same thing. Come rejoice with me. And so it, it's. It's just the same concept, but in a couple of different perspectives. And I thought it was so symbolic of our relationship with Christ. And also, when he talks about the, the, the joy in heaven, it's, it's a model. Just like the angels are rejoicing, we are to rejoice, right? It's, that's why it's so important, like I said earlier, to share the gospel and and disciple others to have this walk because it's life. It's life to people. This man says, um, he said his son was dead. <laughs> and now he's alive. Yeah, verse 24, for this, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. I mean, that that is... That's the way we have to look at these things. We have to look at it as, as if someone who doesn't know Christ and doesn't have a relationship, they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. And when they make that decision to turn their life over to Christ, that's one decision, as you pointed out earlier. It's one. That's one decision, but it's the day in and day out decisions that really require discipleship mm-hmm. and that requires the faith that we need to grow and but but it, but it, it's just man it's just so important to to not miss that right not, not miss what god looks at a, a, a sinner like you said god hates them every day and if god hates you you man you better off dead <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So so for you to repent and come back to him, he is the life. He is the light. Mhm. Yeah. Let's be happy for those people. Yeah. Man, that's good. Um now okay, so now let's get into this the second half of this because the older son is a trick. <laughs> oldest son okay so l- let's just read this uh, 25 now his oldest son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing so he called one of the servants and asked what, this th- what these things meant and he said to him your brother has come and because he has received him he has received him safe and sound your father has killed the fatted calf but he was angry and would not go in Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came 
who has devoured your livelihood with harlots. You killed a fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. And I just, oh man, it, it, this one hit me kind of rough too because I just saw some, you know, just jealousy and indignation of the older son. Enjoy what you're hearing? We'd love to hear how walking with Jesus is helping you. Keep listening to hear how you can leave us a message that we may use on the show. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now back to the show. Right, and, and it reminds me of, man, I, I want to say in Romans again, just how, how we are with, how society is with Jesus. Yeah. Right, right, they, they they want because we live in this hypersensitive world where it's all about getting blessings from Jesus. And then when you don't get the blessing from Jesus, you get, you know, you're full of hate or you either have those people that didn't get the blessing from Jesus and full of hate. And or you get these hypocrites. Right. Who because they didn't get the blessing, they, they'll put on a show like they believe Christ and walk in the faith, but they really don't. Mm -hmm. And and that's what, that's the sense I got from reading this about um, the older brother. And so I, I as I read this, I, I asked myself a, a few questions. Um, the first one was, do we take for granted all that God has done for us when we don't get blessed like others? And so there were a couple scriptures that that kind of remind me of. So one was First Chronicles, First Chronicles sixteen thirty four. What does that say? I don't even know what that says. Um, First Chronicles sixteen thirty four. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good; His for His mercy endures forever. Um. Luke 12, 32 was another one that I thought of. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Um, and then Psalms 84, 11, that was the original one that made me, when I thought about, do we take for granted because we didn't get blessed the way we want to get blessed? Do we take for granted all that God does for us? Yeah. Psalms 84, 11 says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Uh-huh. And, and it's, it's just funny to me how this older son is jealous and indignant because his brother, his brother now, who went through basically was traumatized, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he's like, hold up, man, why why he get a party? 
And I, I just feel like we see the same thing in society related to Christians. Christians are doing the same thing. And they're, they're saying, you know, and, well, they're just taking for granted all that God does for us. And I just gave you three scriptures. God mercies endure forever. He withholds no good thing. So if you're walking in the faith, you have access to all of that, right? Yep. But but don't get mad when somebody else gets it or you don't get the blessing in the time that you want it or the way that you want it. Mm-hmm. Let's let's start with the fact that he's made us able to breathe oxygen. <laughs> Okay, let's just start there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, the list of blessings can be so long if we shift our focus to what the blessings really are. Yeah. But isn't that like what Adam and Eve did? Oh, yeah. All those trees with just oh, yeah. this one. We got to have it. Miss <laughs> 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 all that good blessing. Like, I like jackfruit. Man. Like, yeah, bad boy. Like a little rough <laughs> on the outside. Yeah, yeah. Get into it, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there thinking, like, okay, that's just one particular, you know, tree. I'm just imagining what type of trees were in the garden that they can be so focused on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, it can be so easy to forget about. Yeah, I may have this problem going on, but I can breathe air freely. I don't have nobody feeding me. How many things yeah. is God blessing me with? And I'm complaining about this one thing. This one thing I'm willing to just go crazy over. That's not worth it. <laughs> we really take the time to like change perspective and really look at it. Like what the son did, come to his senses. Like to come to one senses. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I got a roof over my head. I'm not starving. Don't have a whole bunch of chaos going on. Like, yeah, I'm I'm blessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the other question I had um, was, do we take for granted the gift of the Holy Spirit that God does not withhold from us? And I I referenced. Um, Luke, again, hold on, where is it? Uh, Luke 11, this is a verse that I've been, I meditated on. Luke 11, 13, which says, if you then, evil as you are, know how to give good gifts, gifts that are to their advantage to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him? We, we, as Christians, tend to, t- tend to think that blessings are only material things. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that everything that we see in the material world was first created in the spiritual world. Yep. So when this says that God won't withhold the Holy Spirit, to anybody who asks and continue to ask, you may not even realize that's the greater. The Holy Spirit is the greater. That that's the greater. That is the true blessing. Yeah. 
but you may be just looking at your situation like this young man, like, I'm sure he was like, man, like, I mean, you could kind of hear it. It's, I mean, he didn't say it to, to God because this is a parable, but you can almost hear it. It's like, man, I, I, uh, I, I'm not, what did he say? He says, how, how many of my father's hired servants had bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? I mean, that's, that's a prayer. And how and and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the paws that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. Those are things that I mean, it gives context to the story, but it also. These are inner yearnings. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of Jonah when he was in the well. Yeah, that, that prayer that he issued out. Exactly. When he finally he came to a census, like, who was I running from? <laughs> I really thought I was gonna get away from the living God. Mm. And all he asked me to do was just one little small thing. Is like when reading this about that older brother, I thought about the Pharisees. Because I thought mm-hmm. they rep- he represents the Pharisees. He's mad at his younger brother. He doesn't even claim him. That's the sad part. I'm like, this yeah. is your brother. And yeah. you have the nerve to say to the dad, this son of yours? Mm. And I love how the dad just reiterated back to him when, because in verse 30, he says, this son of yours. And then the father says in verse 32, well, this brother of yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, what I put, what I what I thought about and what I put on my notice, the son is so busy trying to find sin and, and, and trying to bring up his brother's sin. He was sleeping with prostitutes and all that other stuff. But the son is so full of his own pride that he's not even looking at his own sin. What about the sin that he was doing in the field? He's out there in the field. Is he working right? Was he lazy? Was he just getting by? He's not bringing that up to his father. Right. He's not looking at any of that. He's just so stuck on the fact. And then he tries to find fault in the father by saying, you haven't even gave me a goat. We get a fattened calf for this boy. <laughs> but for me, I've been chilling here for the longest. You ain't even give me not even a goat. Mm. Trying to find fault in the father. But that's that's sin. Mm. Sin is so yucky that everything looks messed up. <laughs> Except for us. <laughs> oh my God. Evan, that, that is so good, man. Because so the third question I had was. Do we take for granted God's mercy with false humility and incorrect asking? And I reference James 4, 2, and 3. And, I mean, you just hit it on the head. Um, so in the Passion, Passion Translation, James 4, 2, and 3 says, You jealously want what others have so you can begin to see yourself as better than others. You scheme and envy and harm others to selfishly obtain what you crave. That's why you quarrel and fight. And all the time you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. And if you ask, you won't receive it for you're asking with corrupt motives, seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. That's that's it. It's, it's all about pride. You yeah. said it. That's that's what the, I mean. The Pharisees are characterized by their their hypocr- uh, hypocrisy, their pride, 
um, their selfishness. Like that that's that's who they were. Yeah. And this I ne- I haven't I didn't consider the uh the older son to be a a a, a model or a symbol, a representation of them, but it's true. I, I, I knew it was something about the older brother that was kind of weird and I just thought it was just like jealousy and indignation but it's it's really a representation of the Pharisees and the scribes and the religious leaders of the time they're jealous <laughs> yeah yeah they want Jesus to hang out with them more <laughs> yeah and and well and and the fact that they're not seeing like the, you don't think they want to be able to heal the way Jesus healing? Oh yeah, what? They want them. They they're like that man in the book of Acts. Let me yeah. give him power too. Right. <laughs> he want to pay for it. Yeah. How, much, how, much, how much? that? How much for that? How much, <laughs> how much for that? that <laughs> Ain't got no layaway plan for that. <laughs> <laughs> man, I mean, but but it's 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 real and. That's a that's I'm glad Holy Spirit is working through you, man, because that is true. This is these Pharisees are exactly what we describe as ones that they're 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 at. I think this is what James is talking about. I mean, and and these are religious people. Right. They, They they have they know who God is. They know the law but instead of you know like all the times when Jesus even in the last couple of chapters Jesus is healing in the temple they don't even see that just go right over the head they're just concerned with the fact that he's not holding up the law that he's blaspheming the law because he's blessing someone in the temple they're not seeing the blessing they're just seeing the act and it's just like Mm -hmm. i'm sorry just like this older brother he's not seeing what is happening he's just looking at it from his perspective you never did this for me but hold up your brother has come back to life essentially Mm -hmm. he was lost Like, 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 take one of your brothers or like my brother, like, when my brother in prison, if he was to come home right now, we would be so elated. Mm-hmm. That, that would just like me being like, hold up, man. What? I, I was, I had COVID. Why y'all ain't do this for me? <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, that's, it's, it's purely selfish and purely about one's motives as opposed to seeing the peace and the love in the situation. Yeah. yeah. And the brothers, just like the Pharisees, missed he they missed the simple fact, like the brother and the father saying this to him, I didn't need to do all these things for you. Mm, yes. Here, everything I have is yours already. So that's all he had to do was ask. That, exactly. That's all he had to do. <laughs> And it's like the Pharisees, the word is right here. Mm-hmm. All you had to do was abide by these lost sheep right here, the test collectors and all that. 
They don't know. Mm. They don't know as much as you know about this. And that's exactly. Exactly. Like, there's no need for it. And it's like they, they, they miss that. Mm. They, and the brother definitely misses, like, especially when the father comes out and said he was once dead. But now mm. this brother of yours is now alive. Yeah. You've been alive the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> you never died. You didn't come back. That's like you've always been here. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's sad because we see, even today, within the church body, the same thing still occurring, where people are thinking that they're better than the next person. We're all of the same family. Mm-hmm. We can't mm-hmm. be going around like how the Pharisees getting upset, like, hmm? Like, do we not know that God is angry with the sinner every day? Yeah. Yeah. But for the one that repents, God is like, I've been waiting for you so long. <laughs> now that you're here, we're gonna celebrate. And the son just just missed it. He he, he just he literally mm, this part didn't hit me until just now. Could it be that the son, the older son, is doing what the younger son did at the beginning of the parable? Mm. He's yeah. not functioning in his senses. <laughs> yeah. Because the oldest, the youngest son in the beginning, he was so focused on what he could do out there that he didn't realize what he had at home. Mm-hmm. He didn't realize what he had at home until he lost everything. That's Here it. Is, this son is doing pretty much look like the same thing. I really didn't see that just now. Yeah. It's... it's, it's 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 the it's like we like I was asking these questions like we we take it for granted we take for granted all that God does for us we this son is taking for granted all that his father has for him but once once his senses get involved once his flesh get involved once a situation happens he gets out of his senses and like hold on you didn't do that for me. He's always been selfish. You can yeah. tell. He's always yeah. been selfish. Yeah. yeah. So when his brother comes back, all he can focus on is the negative. And and that's oh man. In 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 this audible book, The Name of God that I've been reading, it talks about that how because God has so many names, it really captures all of his characters. Character. But what men tend to do is focus on one aspect of his character. Mm-hmm. They they forget. I mean, we've seen that throughout society. Like, the, the stuff that happened on January 6th, they just saw one part of God's character. Mm-hmm. They don't see the compassion. They don't see the fact that you got to submit to authority. They just mm-hmm. see, you know, uh, uh, you know, their righteous cause, whatever that is, right? And this, this son is doing the same thing. He's only seeing one side. Yeah. He's only seeing the fact that his brother is getting something that he didn't get. And he didn't even need it. That's he didn't son. need it. He it was always realize he didn't need it. What a son. For that's why I wanted to do that. The young son needed to see that. He needed yes. to experience his father show love and embrace him back in. Yes. Yes. Because it's like to I show the relationship. Yeah, to show the relationship has been restored. 
Mm-hmm. The older son don't need it. Like, there's no reason. Everything you have right here, why should the father show a relationship has restored when the relationship has already been? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's so, I mean, it tracks so closely to James 4. It, it's, and it's, I'll just read this part again. And all the time, you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. He won't, he's so selfish. He won't even ask his father for what he really wants. Mm-hmm. He, it's just, it boggles my mind. But your comparison to the Pharisees is a good one. I really think it is. And I want listeners to to to, to hear that, right? It's it's that selfishness, it's the hypocrisy, because that's two things that I see that this older brother, I mean, he clearly was selfish, right? Yeah, yeah. But but he's also living in hypocrisy. He's playing like you. You kind of brought you touched on it, right? He he was out in the field, but who knows what he was doing, mm-hmm. right? And then he was also acting like everything is okay, but really inside he hating. Yeah. <laughs> and and man, Jesus said it. That's the thing you got to deal with first. You 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 can't have this hypocrisy. And be faithful. You can't have this hypocrisy and be used by God. Man, this is good. Mm. Um, all right. And so the last, so, and then I have one last thing about the last verse. Yeah. Um, it said, so the last verse, it was right that we should be merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. And so I, um, I, the note I made is, is, is God in heaven rejoicing over a sinner that repents because it's like a resurrection. I kind of mentioned this already. One that was dead and is now alive. And so I referenced uh, Revelation 118. Uh, Okay. Yeah. And so this is the passage translation. It says, the, let me read it. Start with 17. Uh, 17. When I saw him, I fell down at his feet as good as dead. But he laid his right hand on me and I heard his reassuring voice say, don't yield to fear. I am the beginning and I am the end. I, the living one. I was dead, but now look, I am alive forever and ever and hold the keys that unlock death and the unseen world. And I just felt like whenever we, whenever a sinner repents and comes back to life, it's almost like God thinks of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, So how can I say it? So it's like when we are unregenerate, we we don't reflect Christ. Yeah. As soon as we get regenerated, become saved, yeah. Now we're the image bearer. 
Yes. God sees us now. Now he sees the sun. Yes. That's old. it. Yeah. That, that, bam. Yeah, that's, that's my son right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's why it's, again, I say it again, that's why it's so important to share the gospel. That's why it's so important to disciple because it's, it's bringing people back to life. But from God's perspective, it reminds him of Jesus, his key to his redemptive plan. The, 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 man, and like I read in Colossians, Jesus is it. Mm -hmm. He is the exalted one. You remember the old Eddie Murphy movie, The Golden Child? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, I want the knife. That is Jesus. Jesus one. And so for from God's perspective, to be reminded of this wonderful thing. And like you said, to to have the image bearer be the image bearer. That that brings joy to God. Mm-hmm. And we get the benefit. We get the benefit. Man. So it's not it's not like anyone can ever say. God's plan is selfish. Yes. No way. We get the benefit off of it. He's getting what he wants and what he desires, and we're getting the benefit off of it. Something that we couldn't even muster up in our own intellect, in our own power. We're yes. getting something from it. So it's not like it's a selfish plan at all. I can't. I cannot save myself from sin. It's impossible. Can't do it. I don't care how many self-help books I read. I don't care what I try and do. Can't do it. It's impossible. Only God can. Yes. It's his plan. He grafts me into his plan. I'm getting the benefit of his plan. And I'm getting something that I could never, ever possibly do. There's no way anybody can ever say God is selfish. No way. Because only with a selfish person with their plan, only person is going to get benefit from it is number one. The one that the, the one who has the plan. <laughs> but with God, that's not the case. Like even mm-hmm. with, with John being on that island like that in Revelation, and Christ comes up to him and gives him such deep re- revelation about himself and about what's to come. There's benefit right there from John. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And that's what I feel like going back to the parable, that's what the older son missed out on. Like you find you trying to find fault in your father. The one had the the one who had the strength in the willpower to leave an estate for you. Mm. You're trying to find fault in him when mm-hmm. you could have asked at any given time for what you currently have before you. Mm-hmm. Just chose not to. Man. I think it goes back to like what you were saying, being so focused on what we don't have, or what we think we ought to have at a particular yeah. time, moment, season, and we miss out on what we currently have. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, missing out on what you currently have, you'll never be able to get to the next step. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing, right? When I read Genesis sometimes, I'm like, man, I wonder what would have happened if they would have never ate the fruit. Yeah. <laughs> like how things would have played out. That part of God's plan, I want to see. Like right now, we're in a part of him redeeming us for it. But I wonder what it wonder what it would have looked like mm-hmm. having no sin and nobody dying. Heaven. Yep. <laughs> it would be heaven. It would yeah. still be the Garden of Eden. I mean, mm-hmm. it would spread across the whole earth. That just that's the part I'm like, man, all because the same thing we all have a tendency to do. Yeah. Become narrow minded. To yeah. be center focus on one thing mm-hmm. and not look at all the many things that God has made. Yeah. That's a lot of trees. Just when I think about the trees in this fallen world that we have to bear fruit, mm-hmm. a lot of trees. And I know there had to be more in the garden. Of course. Even, even just, just thinking about it from a scientific perspective, thinking like some things have became extinct. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. some other trees have became extinct. Mm-hmm. But I'm just looking like the mango tree. Um, what is it? The, the um, passion fruit. Um, I saw a type of trees. Banana trees. Yeah. Apple trees. Orange trees. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all <laughs> types of stuff, man. And But the, I, I just feel like, you know, the enemy does that to us. He, he, he influences us to think that God is keeping something away from us. And instead of looking at all that God has done and all that God has set before us, he gets us to thinking about the, the, the thing that he doesn't want us to do. The one thing that he doesn't want us to do, yep. he gets us focused on that as opposed to all, like say for, with, with tithing, right? He'll get into somebody's mind like, man, 10%? Well, hold up. Like, it's a lot. You get to keep the 90. Yep. You, <laughs> you, know what I'm <laughs> you get to keep the 90. God is just asking for 10%. Mm-hmm. But, but the enemy will get you focused on that 10% and, and to, like, it, 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 and you just get totally blinded to the fact that all the others that, did, that he get, he's given you. That you have, it's it's amazing, man. But that's why that's why it's it, it it's so important to stay connected, read your words, stay stay in. Don't don't give the enemy box them out, box mm-hmm. them out. Yeah, the war, the the devil is after the mind. Yes. Once he got that, and once we give him a piece of our mind, he gonna do what he can with it. That's what he did. Adam and Eve. Yeah. And one little piece, and he's like, okay, that's enough for me to work with. Let's roll. Mm. That's the enemy you don't want to give any room to. <laughs> don't like, no, like, as I've grown in my faith, I've under, I understand with that, right? I understand the danger of straddling, right? And not giving the enemy no room, right? It's like, oh, no, I think I can handle that. And I think Brian McReynolds said, got a song about that where he talks about God's grace and how 
I'm not as strong as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when you get to plan with the enemy and thinking you can handle what he throws at you, you're that's lying to yourself. Yeah, that's a bad spot to be in. That's like yeah. the ring with Mike Tyson back in 1991 <laughs> <laughs> and thinking that you can take one of those hits. <laughs> nah. Nah. Yeah, that, that yeah. It, it's just a bad. It's just a bad idea. You know what I mean? It's just it's like it's, you you haven't thought that through, bro. Let's let's just you know you feel just, all the confidence in the world. Man. Yeah, man. <laughs> some things, some things you shouldn't have to get knocked out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just let's just chill. Let's just relax and go back to the drawing board. And you know, instead of putting yourself out there saying you could do this because it's not going to end well. And so I feel the same way, you know, with, 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 you know, playing tiddlywinks with the enemy, man. I don't, don't play with him. Don't play with him. Don't, don't nothing. He is, he's called the enemy for a reason. Yeah. I used to always say this to Terrica when we first got together. I used to say too close to conference. Too be too close to be called home, and I yeah. tell her like, look, and she was like, why are you acting the way that you act? Because out of the two, I'm the more serious, <laughs> right, the serious one. Mm-hmm. But I told her I was like, I told her I was like, you ever seen the scary movies when the little white girl is running? <laughs> she's running. She decides to run into a room, and once she runs into the room, what does she do? She closes the door and leans on the door. And starts breathing. <laughs> That's too close for comfort. <laughs> too close for home. Because then what happens? The monster or whoever it is that's chasing breaks through the door. You just see a claw. Right. You just see a knife. And that's right. what it is with the enemy. Once we get once we get comfortable, we think, okay, I got this. Lean against that door. Next thing we know, the enemy's right there prowling at us, letting us know right where I wanted you. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. This is a good one. Good chapter. Good chapter. Hey, I'm hearing some feedback from from, from your end. Still hearing it? No, it's gone. Better now. Better. It's probably the um, had a volume. Probably probably the volume. Okay. Um. Yeah, man. This is really good, man. This is really good. Lot lot of stuff to chew on and. Just meditate on here. Yeah, I'm excellent. On this one definitely, definitely needed this. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's been a battle. It's been a battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely appreciate the verses, um, especially like last night. Yeah, yeah. Whew. When I got off, yeah, I had like what eighteen. Yeah, I think yeah, it was like eighteen. Right, well, well, the last time I counted, it was like eighteen claims they gave me. Wow, I'm still working on them. I'll be working on them tomorrow too. <laughs> There's so many. I'm like, not to mention the other two hundred that I currently got. So, yeah, I definitely needed it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I because. The, our our walk is not meant to be comfortable so um but i also feel like 
there are seasons where we have to be ultra uncomfortable in order to get to the season that God wants us to get to. Yeah. So, you know, someone who doesn't walk in the faith wouldn't really understand that. But I think most people who do um, walk in the faith understand that this world that we live in is not the one that God wants us to be comfortable in. Mm-hmm. It's his kingdom that he wants us to be comfortable in. So, yeah. But yeah, man, always praying for you, man, and waiting for that breakthrough. It's coming. Bro. It's definitely coming. That's right. That's right. Stay at it with Christ. That's right. All right, brother, I'm going to close this out in prayer. Okay. Enjoying the show? We'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply share the show with a friend, that will give them a new way to experience Jesus and help us out too. Now back to the show. You're listening to the Walking with Jesus podcast, the show that brings you a new way to experience Jesus with your hosts, Evan and Malcolm, two regular guys walking with Jesus. Now back to the show and the closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Fathers, thank you for allowing us to be able to come before you again. But thank you, dear God forgiving yes every time we do this you always give unto us you give us your word you give us your presence you have not ever left us hanging you always give and that's just your nature you're giving god before we give anything to you you've already given something to us you freely give We don't have to beg for air. We don't have to beg for water. We didn't even have to beg for spiritual nourishment tonight. You freely gave us your word. Yes, Lord. Thank you. We pray, dear Lord, that you continue to speak to us, guide us in your word. We need you. We're not ashamed to say that we need you. We desperately need you. For without you, we perish. There is no other God that we can call unto. You are the Alpha and Omega. You are God Almighty. You're more than enough for our life. So we pray, Lord, that we do not forsake you by being so focused on the minor things and not looking at the major, which is you. 
May your Holy Spirit continue to show us the things that need to be seen in this season in our lives so that our focus is on you. May our spiritual senses continue to increase and our flesh decrease. When, I, when we look around and we see what's going on in this world, we know that this season that we're in right now, it is yelling out that you're coming back. There's no coincidence that the whole world is wrapped up in a pandemic. Yes. There's no coincidence about these things, just as well as what you said when you were here, Lord Jesus, that when you can look to the south and you feel the south wind coming, you, you say that it's going to be warm. Or when you see clouds coming, you say it's going to rain. Same is true when we look at these things that are going and on in the physical realm, then we can pick up on what's going on in the spiritual realm based upon what you have revealed. So we pray, Lord, our Heavenly Father, that when you come back for your church that's without spot or blemish, that we you find us ready, ready to be received until our Savior. May we be found ready. May you look upon us with delight. Yes, Lord. So we pray that our roots continue to run deeper into your word, dear Lord. And you continue to have your word be poured into us so that we resemble you. So that when people see us, they see you. Yes. And when I say us, dear Lord, I'm not just speaking about Malcolm and I. I'm speaking also about the listeners. The ones that are, the ones have been listening because we are all in this together. We are walking this path with you, dear Lord, and you have not called us to be alone in this journey. Yes, Lord. You've called us to walk together. You did not just call one disciple. You didn't just call Peter. Reminded that you called 12. And you set them on a mission. So we pray, Heavenly Father, that we don't lose sight on what you called us to do. That we don't lose our saltiness yes. in this dying world. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for Brother Malcolm, for being a part of my life. And I thank you for answering his prayers. It strengthens me, dear God, to know that I have a brother praying for me intimately about the things that I'm going through. I thank you, dear Lord, for him being in my life. And I thank you, dear Lord, for you pouring into him. And I thank you, dear God, that you made him to be a fighter. He stands up for righteousness. Thank you. He stands up for the things that you've given him. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you continue to elevate him. Remember him, dear Lord. Remember him. Remember his good works that which he has done in your name. We pray, dear Lord, that you open up doors that no man can shut. We pray, Heavenly Father, that your Holy Spirit may continue to increase in Malcolm. So that as, as he speaks to his family, they see you. As he speaks to his players, they see you. As he speaks to other people that he's consulting with, they see you. 
let the unbelievers have to scratch their head and be like, that's a godly man. Because they haven't seen one. And it's, in this world that we're in, it's hard to run across. But I thank you, dear Lord, that you made Malcolm a godly man. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, dear God, that you continue to cover and protect him and his family, dear Lord. And ask that your Holy Spirit may reveal unto him more of your word. May your word continue to become life unto him. Yes, Lord. Because your word is living water. And just thank you again for allowing him to be a part of my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, dear God. And we're praying, dear Lord, for the listeners. There are some people that don't have a godly family member in their life. Because I consider my family. And so, because you are a father, we have the same father. So there's some people that are living this walk and they're walking around by themselves. So we pray, Heavenly Father, that the listeners that don't have nobody in their life to pour into them, we're praying that you may order their steps to come into contact with that individual. And that there's a bond that takes place that's that has them, as scripture put it, closer than a blood brother. Yes, Lord. Because that's what's needed. But we're asking Heavenly Father that you do that speedily. Why? Because just as what we had stated earlier to you, we sense in the season right now that you're coming back for a church that's without spot or blemish. So we're asking Heavenly Father that this prayer pertaining to the brothers or sisters that are listening, that don't have a close brother or sister in the faith with them, that you speed the process up so they will come into contact with this person. Yes, Lord. And so that there's a sharing of your word, a sharpening of iron sharpening iron, so that you may be glorified in their lives as you are glorified in heaven. And we're asking, dear God, whatever the listeners may stand in the need of, that you continue to bless for them, to see you. Let them not be focused on that small thing that they need, but let them see how you are providing for their current needs, which are many. Yes, Lord. We also pray, dear God, for Brother Reggie. I thank you for his obedience. Yes, Lord. Because of his obedience, it is gave birth to this, this podcast. Yes, Lord. We pray, Heavenly Father, that he partakes in the fruit of this podcast. Why? Because it's also because of his works that you reward him, dear God, for being faithful, for being obedient to what you said and what you have told him to do. We ask that you remember him, dear Lord, and that you continue to heal him and that you continue to cover him and his family. And we just thank you for answer prayers. What a blessing it is to be able to come before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and be able to bring our petition to you and knowing that you are leaning forward right now, intensively, listening to every word that comes out of our mouth. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a gift that money cannot buy, which is your presence. Thank you 
for being our father, for showing us love so that we can illustrate the same thing throughout our families. Thank you. Yes. In your holy son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Walking with Jesus. If you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is as good a time as any. I invite you right now to go to Jesus Christ and let him know that you believe he died for you and he rose for you with all power and that you want him alone to be Lord of your life for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of eternal life. If you do that, you'll be saved right now. Get in your word, and while you converse and reason about biblical things, Jesus will walk with you. If you like what you heard and want to comment, you can leave a message for us at anchor.fm forward slash walking dash with dash Jesus forward slash message. We'll pick one to read during an upcoming show. So record your message and send it, send it in now to join in the conversation. Again, that link is anchor.fm forward slash walking dash with dash Jesus forward slash message. You can also subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS feed so you'll never miss a show. Give us a rating and share us with your friends. God bless you, and until next time, keep walking with Jesus. This is such, such a good time. To spend with the Lord, man. You yeah, always leave. Always leave better than how I came in. That's always. Yes, that, that's that's the truth. That is the truth. And it's um, I don't. I've gotten used to it, but I I kind of don't want to get used to it. You know what I mean? Like I I don't want to yeah. get comfortable with it. That's what I should say. Continue to ask, seek, and knock, and. That's what I want to do. I don't want to get so comfortable in this that I'm not, I don't, we get to a point where I'm not getting anything out of it, which I don't think will happen, but I, I'm, I'm mindful of that. Yeah. But, um, awesome brother. I think this is another awesome recording, man. And, uh, we, uh, I was thinking about, uh, Ron, getting Ron on loop on our next one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll, I'll text him and let him know that we want to for him to get prepared. And so uh, we'll do it next Tuesday. I forgot about um. I haven't had I, I started on it, but I didn't get a chance to finish it. That was Anthony's podcast. He did another one. This one oh, was okay. witchcraft, Christianity, oh, wow. witchcraft. Interesting oh, okay. topic. Yeah, 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 yeah.
Yeah, I listened to that first one. I, I didn't know he had another one out. I, I don't know if I favorited it or not, but yeah, I need to um, need to get with him too and see uh, if we can do like a collabo or something. Yeah. But uh, all in God's time. All right, brother. Will you have a blessed evening, man? We'll get up in the morning. Yep. Um, um, and uh, just continue to stay, stay, stay faithful, stay in the strength. Definitely appreciate you, brother. All right, brother. You have a good evening. Okay, you too. All right, bye bye. Oh, thank you.